Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Today we've got a great revenge story that takes place on military ground. We'll get into that in a bit, but first, the case of the missing ingredient. Years ago, my partner and I rented an apartment from a very famous chef and TV personality. I'm being vague about our genders and the identity of the celebrity for privacy reasons. Anyway, we would occasionally have this chef over for a meal or a little visit now and then. I love to cook and was never really intimidated by this star. I mean, they're not eating every meal at a three-star Michelin restaurant every night, so as long as the food was made with care... What did it matter if I couldn't do exotic molecular gastronomy or something? My partner, on the other hand, was always looking to impress and was adamant that everything had to be perfect. So, the first time we invited them over for a big dinner, my partner set the menu. It was a very involved and complicated main dish with a very distinctive signature ingredient to be added towards the end of the process. So I was instructed to take half a day off from work the day before the big dinner and cook a practice meal. I came home that afternoon and spent several hours making the dish. It was spectacular and we had it for dinner. The next day was the big date, so I was instructed to take another half day and come home early to make the same dish once again. I spent another long afternoon cooking the meal almost to completion, with our guest due to arrive shortly before everything was to be finished. My co-host shooed me out of the kitchen, put on an apron, and told me they were going to finish the dish so it looked like they were the cook. With no time to argue, I greeted our guests and we visited while my partner pretended to be hard at work crafting a delicious entree. I checked in every now and then but was told I wasn't needed. Dinner was served in our little eat-in kitchen and everyone tucked in. It was immediately apparent to my partner and me that the delicious meal I prepared the night before was much better. I mean, dinner was good, everything was cooked properly, it was like a nice weeknight meal, but nothing special. I knew what was wrong, but my partner was flummoxed. Our guest was very kind and asked about the dish preparation. My partner rattled off the list of ingredients, and the chef seemed slightly perplexed by one of the missing flavors. I knew what was missing because in one of my trips back to the kitchen to check in, I saw that they had neglected to put the signature ingredient in for the final stage. But again, I was hastily run out of the kitchen, lest the celebrity chef think I had anything to do with the prep, so I said nothing. I could tell from the other room as they finished the dish that the ingredient hadn't been added, but I kept my mouth shut. In fact, the missing ingredient sat on the counter in my field of view throughout the entire meal. It finally dawned on them that they forgot the most important part of the dish and had to admit the mistake. Again, our guest was complimentary and very appreciative, but my partner was mortified. Sometimes revenge isn't a dish that has to be served cold. I mean, I kind of hope OP actually addressed this with them after the fact to like call him out for how dumb this whole thing was. What does it matter if OP was involved in this? They're so worried about their pride and looking so talented when it doesn't really matter at all and you have to step over other people to do so. Also, hi, I'm Steven, and if you guys enjoy awesome stories of revenge, why not hit those like and subscribe buttons down below? That said, our next story is proper airplane to boarding etiquette 
and how to annoy someone. As many of us know, flying is always an opportunity to see stupid or rude people. This is my story of annoying a woman who, instead of letting the rows in front of her deboard, tried to rush past about six rows. I could see it in her eyes as she sped down the aisle that she wouldn't follow proper etiquette. Lucky for me, the person in my row in the aisle seat unknowingly stood up right before she passed. Now I'm out of my seat, annoyed because the flight arrived early, and it's late night so no transfers. She had no reason to be rude. Well, when we got into the terminal, she tried to go one way around a set of seats. I was able to speed walk the other way and cut her off right before she got to the corridor to get to the lobby. I decided to walk just slow enough that I was annoying, but fast enough that she'd have a hard time passing. The corridor has a width to support maybe six people hand in hand, and there were four of us walking. Somehow, I watched her reflection in the window. I tilted my walking to look naturally to always be just in front of her, making it so she couldn't pass. Finally, in an act of desperation, she instead used the escalator needed to walk down the stairs to be able to pass me. Did it delay her? Not one bit. Did it annoy her? I certainly hope so. This is a really satisfying revenge because it makes no difference. Almost nobody, unless they were studying the whole thing very closely, would maybe understand what's going on here. And yet you just know that this rude person had to be livid inside. It's funny, it changes nothing. They're not going to get somewhere faster by speed walking through the airport. Yet you know this person was on meltdown inside. Our next story is Statute of Limitations. This is a very long time ago, 40 plus years ago, and the woman revenged upon his past. Excited me, male 24 at the time, moves in with new girlfriend, female 22, goes into huge debt buying new furniture for her, setting up apartment, wild hooking up every night for about 30 days. Then she decides she wants to continue clubbing, seeing other guys from time to time. I say, not why I moved in, and she says, okay, move out and we're done. I can't move out for a month or so. We sleep in the same bed, zero interaction. It was agonizing for a young guy. I'm so mad. Remember, I put about $5,000 on a credit card in the 70s for her. I'm in the shower. She's very vain and has special hair rinse she uses. For 30 days, I do me time into her cream rinse. Tell my buddies, so now everyone tells her, your hair looks great. She's wearing my certain substance until that bottle runs out. Forgive me, Lord. This is like the kind of revenge you see in like an American Pie movie or something. One of those like really fratty, I'm gonna do this to get revenge against them things that one way or another you hear jokes about, but you don't think anybody actually does it. I guess that's one way to frame the phrase jerk move. This next story is, try to hit us with his motorcycle, hope you enjoyed the free wash. Years ago in high school, my buddies and I went to a concert. It was a matinee show. And once we had parked in the lot behind the venue, the five of us started walking around to the front. Now, there was sort of a alley slash side street between the venue and the adjacent building that we had to walk down to get from the parking lot to the busy street, where the front of the venue was located. As we were walking down the alley, this biker pulls in from the main street on a chopper and comes to a crawl, slowly moving in our direction. This guy looks to be in his mid-thirties, long beard, wearing sunglasses, an undershirt and black pants, is absolutely jacked, just looks super rough, and is wearing only a blue bandana on his head and no helmet, which is not legal here, 
We weren't spread out or anything to begin with, but we immediately moved to the side to make sure he has lots of room. Keep in mind, this alley is wide enough for two cars to pass each other, and he's currently at least 25 feet away from us and is on the opposite side of the alley from Life is full of what-ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Us guy revs his engine a couple of times, which is absolutely ear splitting, turns his wheel and then freaking guns it right at us. We were luckily able to jump out of the way just in time. And as I landed, I turn and see he's flipping us the bird while he swings around and out of sight. Keep in mind that we did absolutely nothing to antagonize this guy. He really just saw a bunch of kids and tried to run them over either out of anger or for his own enjoyment. We brushed ourselves off in disbelief and made sure everyone was okay, and then we kept walking to the venue. We obviously weren't about to run after this guy as he was completely unhinged and we didn't want to die. As we were about to go in, my friend realized he left something in the car. We walk back and see that the guy has parked his motorcycle right behind the venue, and he's in the midst of walking up a set of stairs to a second floor apartment. Even though he's relatively far away from us, we can hear him cursing up a storm as he lumbers up the narrow stairs, almost like a fire escape. We slammed a few beers in the parking lot before the show, and we all agreed that if the guy's bike was still there, after, we were going to exact some revenge. More specifically, we were going to pee all over this jerk's motorcycle. After the show, we grabbed some coffees and headed back to our car. Fortunately for us, we were in luck. The chopper was still parked as it was before. The first problem was that even though we were off the main street, this was still a fairly public area in full view of the parking lot and with people passing by every so often. The second and much bigger problem was that if this guy so much as popped his head out of the apartment door that was above the fire escape, he could see everything and we'd be as good as dead. The solution, we realized, was already in our hands. The solution, we realized, was already in our hands. Three of us lined up out of sight along a nearby fence and tinkled gleefully into our extra-large coffee cups, ensuring they were filled to the brim, while another guy acted as our spotter and the last guy got the car into position. We put the caps back on our cups and walked casually up to the bike. On the spotter signal, we sprang into action and lifted the lids. Words cannot describe the sense of blissful satisfaction that was provided by dousing every single inch of this guy's bike in steaming hot urine. I personally made sure I got an extra few pours onto the seat so that it was thoroughly soaked. We then bolted for the open door of our getaway car and sped off, 
dying with laughter. I can still to this day picture the bike, gilded in urine and sparkling in the mid-afternoon February sun, and can only imagine how wildly this guy must have blown up when he returned to his precious ride. Shoot, whenever that guy gets back to his bike and he can just, you know, smell it, he's probably gonna think some drunkard came by and peed on it regardless. Or, God forbid, it was the neighborhood cat or something. Either way, I think you intentionally try to run people over, and all you walk away with is your motorcycle getting peed on. You probably got off pretty well, all things considered. Our next story is Bad Driver, Little Comeuppance. I had a sweet comeuppance today. A guy thought I drifted into his lane, but I didn't. He didn't realize the lanes all swerved over to the right. It was dark and wet out, so in his defense, the white lines were a bit tough to see, so he thought we were in the rightmost lane. We were actually in the leftmost lane because he swerved behind me into my lane. Makes sense? Honking his horn, flashing his lights, and flicking me off from behind. He then gassed it and tried to pass me on the left, which was the median, and boom, he crashed into the 10-foot concrete curb between the east and west lanes. Seeing little pieces fly off his undercarriage in my mirror still makes me smile. I just wish OP had a dash cam so they'd have the footage to go with the story. All I can say is, it does not surprise me one bit to hear that something like this happened. Our next story is Revenge on a Cheater. So the title is just what happened, but here's the full story. I, female, was in high school, 9th grade, and I had a boyfriend who was a year above me, 10th grade. He had been rumored to be a serial cheater. Every girlfriend he had, he cheated on at least once, but rose-tinted glasses and all that, so yeah, I didn't believe the rumors. My best friend, female, started telling me he kept on flirting with her and several of my friends confirmed it. Turns out he had a second girlfriend too. Another upsetting factor is that he kept on trying to get me to hook up with him, and I kept telling him no. I'm pretty sure he was only asking that because I was still a virgin at the time. I was absolutely ticked and feeling really stupid. So I put together a revenge plan with my bestie. I asked my boyfriend to meet up with me for lunch at this one particular, somewhat secluded part of the school. Me and my bestie were waiting for him to show up, and right as he got close to where we were, her and I started making out. We were supposed to just cuddle up to each other and kiss a little bit, but seeing as we had massive crushes on each other, my bisexual butt was a-okay with this. Then I saw him looking shocked and a little hurt, and her and I burst out laughing. Bestie then said, see, doesn't feel great to be cheated on, does it? I'm going to treat this lovely girl you hurt to the best relationship she'll have. Bye, jerk. And we left, holding hands and laughing about it for the rest of lunch. And she wasn't lying. She treated me amazingly until she had to move. I still miss her, but those are some fun memories we made. And I know I'm going to get comments about how cheating because your partner cheated doesn't make it any less bad, but I feel like cheating on a person who hurts several of your friends as well as you should be fine. Plus, her and I started dating after I already dumped him, and the idea for us to kiss in front of him was made the day before the actual revenge. So if your partner cheats on you and you know that you're absolutely done with them in that moment, so you turn around and cheat on them to get some revenge, does that make you just as bad? I'm curious what you guys would think. Our next story is, you want me to be your fall guy but don't have my back? Hope you enjoy my pettiness and sleeping on the couch. When I was younger, I worked at a local pizza shop. It was a great job for the time, but now those times are nothing but memories. Like all memories, some are good and some are bad. This just so happens to be a memory that combines the two. I had two managers, C and K. 
Over the years, C and I became great friends. We were roommates, I was his best man at his wedding, met Metallica together, etc. Kay and I got along, but we didn't have a lot in common. He was already married with two kids, and his wife was the one calling the shots. She was nice and was always pleasant to me. We all knew that she could be a bit of a ball buster to him, but they were slash are happy. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. One day while we were working, Kay came to me to ask a favor. Hey OP, I've got a favor to ask. You know how my wife doesn't want me to have adult entertainment? Well, the neighbor, not allowed either, and I just ordered some DVDs. The hub was a few years away, but we're worried we might get caught. If that happens, can we say that they're yours and I'm holding them because your girlfriend doesn't like it? I could care less about owning adult entertainment, and my girlfriend at the time had just bought me a subscription to Playboy for my birthday, so I said, sure. My subscription lasted longer than the relationship. I was newly single and had finally gotten to the point I was ready to move on. I was working one day and these two girls came in, and before they even ordered, one of them started flirting with me. We chatted for a few, then they went to sit down at a table. About five minutes later, I was off the clock and had developed an idea with a coworker of how I was going to talk to her more. After I changed out of my flower-covered shirt, I was going to buy a pitcher of beer, get three glasses, and ask her if we could talk some more. The restaurant had a policy that employees could only have a small pitcher, 32 ounce of beer. With it being three people that would have hypothetically been drinking, I ordered a large pitcher, 64 ounces. Kay sees me ordering and chimes in, he can have a small pitcher. I looked at him and asked, how are three people supposed to share a small pitcher? He just smiled and said, you know the policy. Dejected, I tried to talk to him about it, but it was to no avail. He was having fun with the C block. He knew it. I knew it. My coworkers knew it. Thinking that was the only way I could have started another conversation with her. Dumb. I left work a little miffed. A week or two go by, but I had not forgotten we were working. And who should stop by for a visit? Why, it's Kay's wife. She says hello to everyone and starts chatting with her husband while he was running the line. That's when I looked at him with the biggest poop-eating grin and then turned to his wife. Hey, Kay's wife, you know how he told you that my girlfriend doesn't like me having adult entertainment? Guess what she got me for my birthday? She got me a subscription to Playboy. I thought she didn't like you owning that stuff, she replied. Oh no, she's totally okay with it. Oh, and by the way, all the adult entertainment that Kay said he was holding on for me is actually his and the neighbor John's. I then turned to him and went on. He asked me to do him a favor and say it was mine. But when I asked for a favor the other day, he wouldn't reciprocate. The look she gave him would melt steel. The look he gave me was what? I was still smiling like a kid at Disneyland. He got into trouble with his wife, had to destroy all the adult entertainment in front of her, and wasn't too happy with me. One hand helps the other, but now he had to help himself without his DVDs. 
I have that same poop-eating grin on my face as I write this. See, I'm curious if the friendship at all persisted past this point, or considering the letdown that came for both sides, is this friendship DOA just dead and gone? Our next story is, I made a monetary donation in someone else's name to a political party he hates. So there's this guy at work that often annoys me, and will make my day more difficult, seemingly just to be difficult. But he doesn't actually break any rules or policies, so there's nothing anyone can do, and I hate to admit this, but he is quite good at his job. But he is just a jerk most of the time. Anyway, he is a huge supporter of political candidate A and political party A. So I made a small financial contribution to political candidate B and political party B. I used his name, phone number, and address. I have his phone number from work and addresses our public information if you're a registered voter. Now he's getting all kinds of solicitation of support for people and causes he hates. It is really getting him fired up and he has no idea why. Out of nowhere, the other side has singled him out. Usually when you hear revenge stories like this, it's like donations to the satanic temple or using any form of a person's information you can gather to sign up for Scientology. But it certainly helps if you know specifically what they despise. This next story is Jerk Old Man Neighbor Gets Owned. We had a real jerk of a neighbor growing up, the kind who would kick your dog on his way to check the mail, call the cops for any infraction, like us using chalk to make a hopscotch on the road, just a total scary jerk. The dude was also fastidious about his yard and lawn. Someone swore they saw him on his knees with his butt in the air once, cutting blades of grass with scissors. We lived on a cul-de-sac, so we always saw him out in his yard. It was his absolute pride and joy. He menaced us kids big time if we even played near it. He had no wife or kids and was retired, so he had all the time in the world to stare out the window at us and come yelling if we did anything he didn't like. In my freshman year of high school, after years of fear and torment from this jerk, I got his butt back. I was doing a student job after school in the office, and back then, everything was on paper. Computers weren't in public use then. Most of my time was spent three-hole punching, binding booklets, and stapling handouts. One day I watched, bored, as the tiny circles of paper fell out of the hole punch into the trash. And suddenly, I devised a plan. I decided to save them all. I'd go around and empty all the three-hole punchers in the office every day and dump them into a big box. By the end of the school year, I had about six shoeboxes worth of tiny paper circles. One night, me and the neighborhood kids took those boxes and silently dumped them all over his yard, on the grass, in his prized flower beds, just freaking everywhere. And we live in Seattle, so it rained that night, and it rained perfectly. Just lightly, just enough so the paper wouldn't blow away or could be removed with a leaf blower. I heard him scream the next morning and it was beautiful. He had to hire someone to remove and replace all the mulch from his flower bed and resawed his lawn because there was just no way to get all the soggy paper circles up. If it had been newspaper, no problem, because that can act as mulch or cover. But it was, at the time, highly bleached ditto machine paper. That crap was not degrading anytime soon. I know you're already dead, but screw you, Mr. Collins. I respect the level of petty this rises to, but I don't know if I were in OP's position that I could just say, listen, I know that old guy's dead and gone by now, screw you. Did you not get enough paper hole punch revenge on this guy? 
Our next story is, are you stupid? I worked a job at a high-end retirement home when I was young. Part of this job required me to serve coffee and tea to everyone. Every day I was required to ask each person what their preference was. There were some nasty and entitled people there, but mostly I was able to just smile and move along. Except for this one resident. He was rude every day just for kicks and giggles, henceforth known as Cranky Old Man. I would arrive at Cranky Old Man's table and ask what he preferred to have today. Every day he shook his head and asked me what? Are you stupid? Give me my tea, idiot. I was shocked at first. Then I was annoyed. Every day for months, cranky old man would do this. Cranky old man, it is company regulation that I ask you in case your preference changed. He smiled. He knew he had broke me. The next day at dinner, along with my partner, I went by all the residents' rooms and told them dinner was about to be served. To please head to the dining room. I knocked and entered cranky old man's room, and he's napping. Being professional, I go to wake him. When he doesn't wake the first time, I simply left. I went upstairs and began my tea and coffee serving. Then I started serving dinner. Then dessert. Eventually, cranky old man comes upstairs frazzled and demands dinner and wants to know why I didn't wake him. I inform him I did try and wake him. I had it documented and a witness. He was late and dinner was no longer being served. It was stupid of him to not set an alarm. He was so embarrassed and never again spoke to me that way. My coworker and I had a great laugh. Listen, I get it, your kids stopped helping you and stopped visiting you, but you can't pass that anger off to the people that are actually still there and taking care of you. It's always the cranky ones that live forever. Our next story is, can you hear me now? When I was in college back in the dark ages, I stopped at McDonald's on my way home from a dance club that had just closed at 2am. I ordered two plain hamburgers without ketchup and mustard, because I hate ketchup and mustard. I paid for my order at the first window and received it at the second. I drove a few feet and realized that I could smell ketchup and mustard on the burgers. Nobody was behind me, so I backed up to the second window and waited for them to come see what was wrong. Nobody came. I yelled to get the attention of the employees. I could see them working on the other side of the window, and one lady came over and told me she was sorry, but they were closed. I looked up and realized they had turned off the outdoor lights. I told her I don't want to place a new order, but just want them to correct the order they just handed me. She said they couldn't because the grill was closed. I said that, in that case, I want my money back, and she said she couldn't because the register was closed. I told her that she could either reopen the grill or reopen the register, because they charged me money for something I specifically did not want. At that point, she just walked away and continued working. I honked my horn, yelled, and banged on the window, but multiple employees just ignored me. One of the employees looked over at me and made a hand gesture at his ear that they couldn't hear me. And I thought to myself, hey, if they can't hear me, then that's not their fault, is it? So I took out my hamburgers and separated the buns from the patties. I looked at the guy through the window and smeared the ketchup and mustard from the buns all over the drive-in window. As I was doing it, I yelled, I said no ketchup and no mustard. Can you hear me now? That drive through window looked absolutely disgusting. I drove away hungry, but pleased to think that somebody on that crew would have to go out and clean it up. Whoever was working there was either extremely incompetent or extremely lazy and just did not want to help you out for whatever reason, because I do not believe that as long as everybody's still there, that there's actually such a thing as the register is closed. That's the default setting for a register. They should just about always be closed. Our next story is 
At attention! Way back between 2007 and 2010, 20-something male at the time, I once was required to accompany an old man while he was on our military ground. The guy was the sweetest man ever, but needed two persons with him at all times. He walked with crutches and limped badly from both knees. Enter Entitled Jerk. He was a lieutenant colonel, the most entitled of the whole Republican Guard, France. He took pleasure berating us, especially when there were witnesses. That evening, while accompanying this sweet old guy, Entitled Jerk saw us from far away. Our intention was totally focused on our charge as he had tripped multiple times already. It was also already night and in a badly lightened pathway of the camp. It was the perfect setup for Entitled Jerk. He sneaked on us, started shooting and berating us about the proper military conduct he was entitled to. We were just about to get at attention and salute him, just to placate him and have him go play bully elsewhere, when our savior took action. Sweet old guy didn't say anything, he just had to open slightly his vest showing one of his medals. Legion d'honneur, the most highest military award in France. One special rule, whatever the rank you hold, should you encounter someone wearing it, you get at attention and salute. Should you be a general, it won't change a thing. Seeing him make a jump and get at attention, salute, then flee as he didn't want to try to justify himself was priceless. Entitled Jerk was an office guy. Sweet old guy got the award and his knees problem in mission, no questions asked. Still one of my cherished memories. Thank you again for the revenge you got us, sweet old guy. Absolutely for the best that I think this guy got that humbling. To be fair, he probably will still go just as hard. Just maybe a lot more cautious when there's somebody a little bit older or maybe a little bit more seasoned than they can really guess. Our next story is, steal a queue ticket? Keep waiting. Hi. One thing I hated and keep hating are the entitled jerks who, when they come at my office, French tax office, try and sometimes succeed in forcefully grabbing a ticket for the queue. One small rule, with all the downsizing we had, reception is only on appointment. We try to accommodate to the maximum. Some of my colleagues and me try to give answers while receiving people. We invite you to use your tax web account with its included dedicated mail account, etc. Even receiving people in interviews when there aren't too much appointments already. We adapt as each day is different. So when some entitled jerk shoves me away to forcefully grab a ticket for the queue, cause they can't wait, my only response? I delete it. Oh sorry, didn't you know I had the software to check how many people are currently waiting for each of our offices? Too bad my colleagues tend to flee as soon as it's the end of their shift and there isn't people registered in the waiting list anymore. Better luck next time. All I'm saying is, you walk into a place that has a mighty queue, a place where you legitimately do need to take that ticket and wait in line, it's likely a place that does not have much patience for people who are trying to play games. Doubly so, anything involving taxes. But with that being said, that's all the time we have for today. Now if you want to hear another awesome revenge story, check out that video on the left. Or if you missed my latest video, check out that video on the right. That said, I'll see you all next time with some more stories.